So what's a wellness shorty? It's a weekly snippet of sciencey stuff that will improve your odds of aging in good health. I'm Gregory Ann Cox, your host and owner of Rebellious Wellness Over 50. I'm a health and better aging coach for women over 50 who want to live fully until they die, not just run out the clock. Look, midlife and beyond is the Olympics of change. I'm here to prepare you because aging happens, but it doesn't have to ruin your life. Hey everybody, this shorty is in response to all the supplement bashing I see out there in the ether. Like everything else these days, there are lovers and haters, scientists and charlatans all offering advice. And like almost everything else in the world of health and aging, it gets confusing. Who to trust? Well, I'm a person who trusts lab tests, research, and reliable experts to guide me. Full disclosure, I'm on the side of supplements as an important part of a healthy aging plan. I do not represent any company, nor do I make any money recommending certain brands, now that that's out of the way. I'm also on the side of get as much nutrition as you can from clean, healthy foods and pure water. That's your baseline. From there, supplement what you are lacking, whether from diet, disease, or to counteract a prescription medication side effects. Now, speaking of tests, you can't or might not want to test for every single thing you might be deficient in, but optimal levels of certain of these compounds are critical to health right now and for the future for healthy aging, like D and omega-3s, and I'll talk about those more in a minute or two. What I hope you'll get from this shorty is enough information to decide for yourself if supplements are a worthwhile investment or expensive pee. What you won't get are recommendations of how much of something to take or even whether you need any of the supplements I talk about. If you've been around, you know I live by the mantra, we are all individuals biochemically. All this means is, what's good for me might damn well kill you, or at least make you feel bad. Don't take things because they work for someone else unless you have done your research and can monitor the impact said supplement is having. And supplementers beware. You may never feel anything different from taking something. That doesn't mean it's not working, and it also doesn't mean it's not doing harm. So once again, test, don't, guess when possible. So what is a vitamin anyway? In two words, organic compounds. Organic ones come from things that were alive. Minerals, on the other hand, are inorganic and come from soil or water. There are about 13 vitamins that we need to function well that we cannot manufacture in our bodies. Vitamin D being the exception, as the body can make it, it's then called a precursor hormone, and we can take it, get it from food or ingest it from a supplement and use it that way. And always and only take a gel cap when it comes to supplementing with the D rather than a hard tablet. Why? Because D is a fat-soluble vitamin, precursor hormone, so it must be taken in the form of fat or in a fat base to be fully bioavailable. Now, a word about the word supplement. If it isn't obvious, these products we buy to the tune of $151 billion per year in the year 2021 in the U.S. are meant to fill in the gaps where our diets leave us short. So here's what vitamin or mineral supplements can do. Improve levels of vital organic compounds that we can't make in the body like D, K, and the B vitamins. We can get them from foods if we eat right and if our food is grown and or raised on clean, mineral-rich soils, but optimal levels are hard to maintain from diet alone these days. If you follow a vegan diet, for example, 
it's almost impossible to get enough B12, D3, iodine, creatine, and iron because you're not having the animal food products, which is where those things are most prevalent, most abundant. These should be supplemented. The flip side would be a diet very high in meat and dairy, and then taking supplemental D or B12, you could end up with too much of those important nutrients. Speaking of too much, too much iron can be as problematic as too little. You're likely familiar with and maybe have suffered with anemia or iron deficiency. But what about iron overload? Too much iron can be the result of taking a few different supplements all containing iron, like hair formulas as well as a multi often contain this mineral, so you got to check your labels. It can also be caused by a hereditary condition called hemochromatosis, something I have, and was diagnosed with thanks to my persistence in getting to the bottom of symptoms like fatigue, rapid heart rate at rest, constipation, and a functional medicine doc who was willing to think outside the hormone Lyme disease, this is what happens at your age boxes, and send me for a genetic test. It didn't show up to my early 40s, even though I have a gene from each parent. Why then? Hysterectomy, thanks to fibroids, which meant no bleeds. Many women will be diagnosed at menopause because we stop having monthly bleeds, which is when we would get rid of the little bit of iron that's too much. Too much iron is dangerous for the heart, liver, and brain. Not unlike too much sugar in your blood, it rusts you on the inside. It's easily managed anyway for me for right now by donating blood about every two months or so. So I grabbed this bit of data from one of my favorite books called The Body by Bill Bryson. He says, as recently as 2013, an editorial in the Annals of Internal Medicine based on a study out of Johns Hopkins University said, almost everyone in high income countries was sufficiently well nourished to not require vitamin, vitamins or supplements of any kind, and we should stop wasting money on them. Well, a hailstorm of criticism followed from the likes of Harvard Medical School and the CDC to name just a couple of the well-respected voices. The CDC wrote that far from having plenty of vitamins in our diet, 90% of American adults don't get the recommended daily dose of D and E, and 50% are deficient in vitamin A. They went on to say that 97% don't get enough potassium, a vital electrolyte that keeps your heart healthy, and beating smoothly and your blood pressure at reasonable levels. Even a super healthy person who has optimal levels of vitamins and minerals one day could find themselves depleted after a course of, say, proton pump inhibitors, chemotherapy, or other prescription medications. So we're always changing, right? We're not static as a body. So what is enough of these things? Well, more debate, as you'd likely expect me to say. In the UK, 3 to 4 milligrams of vitamin E is the RDA. In the US, that number is 15. That's a huge difference. A little-known organization called the Food and Nutrition Board sets the RDA, or recommended daily allowance, of vitamins and minerals. Sadly, their recommendations are often way below what is optimal for health at the many stages of the Food and Nutrition Board, FNB as it's called, was established in 1940 during World War II to advise the Army on guidelines for good nutrition. The FNB realized the need to develop recommendations for nutritional intake for both the general public and the armed forces and introduced RDAs the following year. Their goal was to estimate the amount of a nutrient necessary per day for the maintenance of, I'm using air quotes, good health as it relates to RDAs refers to the minimum nutritional amounts necessary to avoid disease conditions such as scurvy, something caused by too little vitamin C, 
or rickets caused by too little vitamin D. Even with a number of RDAs, there are still essential nutrients that the body needs that do not have an RDA. An example here is there's an RDA for vitamin K1, but not for the other very important form of that vitamin, vitamin K2. In addition, the FNB does not have an RDA for omega fatty acids, DHA and EPA, despite tremendous amounts of research on their importance on cognitive health at all stages of life. Oy. So what kinds of vitamins taken as supplements make a difference in health? Well, I can't lump you all into one big bucket of supplement needs, and I am not a doctor, so I don't prescribe anything to anyone. What I do do is share well-researched info for you to take and use or file away for another time. Maybe this shorty spurs you into research mode or to get some labs done so you can know for certain whether your body needs supplemental nutrition. There will be references on the page for this podcast, which you can find at rebelliouswellnessover50.com slash podcast. All of that said, the following two vitamins are proven to support health and therefore healthy aging. There are more, of course, but too many to talk about here. I will do other shorties on specific ones like magnesium and whether you should take bone supplements. Let's start with D. Vitamin D is necessary for immune system functioning, period. For those with thyroid issues, optimal levels of vitamin D are a must. Why? Because all hormones work to support one another. And while we refer to D as a vitamin, as I said earlier, it's a precursor hormone a thing that helps hormones function. Your bones need vitamin D because it helps the body use calcium. According to Harvard School of Public Health at their website, low levels are associated with heart disease, cancer, diabetes, even mortality. The first source of vitamin D is the sun, hence its nickname, the sunshine vitamin. Sunscreen free exposure for 15 to 20 minutes a day will do the trick for most people, but guess what? Without enough cholesterol, your body can't synthesize enough vitamin D from sun exposure. So all of you trying to lower your levels down into the basement of cholesterol might want to think twice as balancing something else important that has to go on in your body. For those who don't live in a sunny region, who have dark skin or don't have the time or the inclination to absorb their vitamin D from the sun, supplements are the way to go. D is found in some foods, but most of us aren't likely to eat enough fatty fish, eggs, dairy, and fortified cereal to get the optimal dose every day. Two last things you should know. When you look for vitamin D as a supplement, buy D2, not, uh, sorry, buy not D2. You should start out with a blood test and see where it is if you are below the optimal levels, which I'm going to give you a place to find that in a minute. Then you'll take a supplement, 2,000 milligrams, three, four, especially if you're working with a practitioner, they'll tell you how much to start with. Usually people start with 2,000 a day if they're low. Then test again in six months and see if your levels are increasing. If you aren't already supplement and don't live outside in the sun naked, you are likely deficient. So if you want to find out about optimal levels versus conventional wisdom, what the RDA says, I want you to go to the Vitamin D Council, all one word, vitaminsmalldcouncil.org, and they will give you all the info you need. Next up, omega-3 fatty acids. You may have heard that polyunsaturated fatty acids, or PUFAs, are super healthy. The most common of these are omega-3 and 6 fatty acids. While we can use these nutrients, we can't make them in the body. 
we definitely want a healthy supply of the threes with less of this because the sixes are pro-inflammatory. And as we all know, if you didn't know it yet, you're going to know it now. Inflammation is the top of the food chain in terms of aging issues. Most docs, reputable science teaching hospitals are talking about reducing inflammation as a way to reduce markers of aging, slow them down, etc. So where can you find these things? Well, sixes are found in processed foods and vegetable oils like corn oil, peanut oil, canola oil in abundance. So that's another good reason to limit those things. The American diet, we have like 25 times the omega-6 to omega-3s in our body. It should be two to one, three to six, right? So you should be getting twice the amount of three as sixes. And in our country, at least, it's way upside down. So during our reproductive years, a diet low in omega-3s has been associated with increased menstrual pain and infertility, also premature births. Who knew? Low omega-3s have also been linked, this is something you're going to want to listen to, girls, with an increase in the risk of depression in both genders, though women suffer more. We have higher rates of depression and more severe symptoms of depression than men from low omega-3s. So there are three types of omega-3s, ALA, which is the vegetarian form, then EPA and DHA, those are the ones that are most helpful to the body, the easiest for the body to use. Excuse me, and your body needs these in high quantities to achieve the benefits they offer. These two are found in the following foods. Fish, like salmon, mackerel, herring, sardines, cod liver oil, algae oil, and krill oil. ALA is not the best form of omega-3 to rely on, as it has to convert from ALA to EPA and DHE, and it's an inefficient process. So only about 10% of the ALA you consume is converted to the body, to the version your body needs. So beware vegans and some vegetarians, you're gonna have to work hard to get your omega-3s in if you're only relying on vegetarian sources of omegas. Now, what if you don't consume a good amount of fish each week? You don't like fish, you're likely gonna fall short of the optimal amount recommended to protect your brain, heart, and eyes. So how much do you need? Again, I can't prescribe a one-size-fits-all answer here, but one of my go-to docs is Dr. Axe, A-X-E. You can find him online. He has so much great information. He's the most balanced functional medicine doc I know of. He recommends, through a combination of foods and supplements, be sure to get at least 1,000 milligrams a day of an EPA-DHA combination daily and about 4,000 milligrams of total omega-3s, which is ALA, EPA, and DHA combined. So I'll post a link on my podcast page to his great infographics and more information on the topic. So to pull this all together, my experience with supplements is what has me convinced they are not just expensive urine. When my D levels were low, I started taking supplemental vitamin D. My immunity to the fall and winter bugs that used to visit, they've been locked out. I just don't get what everybody gets anymore. I recently added collagen to my routine because I felt like my hair was really thinning, my nails looked terrible, and after, oh, I would say 60 days, my hair is growing faster. I have to shave my legs more, which is not so much fun, but I have stronger nails, so there's a supplement, a proven result. Some have been suggested by my functional medicine doc when a lab test is not where we want it, and I've yet to be disappointed at the expense of adding what his suggestion was. 
Listen, there are tons of products being marketed and sold with claims that they are anti-aging, anti-wrinkle, beautifying, weight-losing. I'm going to put benefits in air quotes, and they don't do a damn thing. You may have even bought some. I know I have. And it's very hard to know which will do or not do what it says it will do because marketers are slicker than ever. There's a fine line between what copywriters can and can't say to sell a product. I know I do copywriting and in my other business. In many cases, nobody is overseeing this industry, and so people will spend money and get no result, or worse, they may find themselves suffering from a bad product. Too much of a vitamin. Too much is just as bad as too little. So do your research, make sure that you don't take something that you can't feel good about. Read client testimonials. A lot of these products have testimonial pages full of all the good and all the not so good. Now you can't listen to everybody. I'm not saying get, a, get all your information from people that write testimonials, but after you've done research, if you're still really not sure, just scan through and see how many good marks they get. My favorite resource for information on supplements, the companies that make them, and whether or not they contain what is on the label, this is super important, you guys, it's consumerlab.com. Again, the link will be on this page, the podcast page. So there's a lot here. I hope I haven't made things more confusing. I'll end by saying it is my belief that most of us could use some support in the nutrition realm and safe supplements in the right amounts can help prevent the parts of aging we want to skip disease, ill health, fractures, memory loss, etc. Just be sure you get your recommendations from people you can trust. Find out where did they get their science? Where is the research that supports the claims that the company is making? And if it sounds too good to be true, will you know exactly what comes next? It probably is. As always, stick around here for more information on all things designed to help you age better, live long, and die short. Be well till next time, peeps.